Welcome to the Bat Chat Show, brought to you by Roughneck Scars and Golden Gold Press. I am Jason, and I am joined by Paul. What's up, Paul? Just living in paradise here. How are you? Uh, all right, all right. I was going to do like a, uh, 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 oh, my, use my Oki accent to start off this. Oh, dear census. Lord. I was like, welcome to Bat Chat, y'all. How you doing? <laughs> You have to do a sad Oki accent. Uh, well, I, I mean, you know, I mean, maybe we, like we we extol their their accent from them, you know. Uh, so the past couple, we it's been two weeks, our usual two weeks since we recorded, and in those two weeks, we have defeated the two Oklahoma teams, Tulsa Roughnecks and the Oklahoma City Energy. So. Um, Let's just go right into it. You know, it was. Let me get my. Uh, <laughs> I was surfing around and realized that uh, there's tickets for the uh, next home game on Groupon right now. I think that was a joke you and I were having earlier in the season about selling tickets on Groupon. But so if you, hey, uh, yeah, if it works. Yeah, ten bucks for for uh, touchline seats. So go check that out. So let's start off with. Um, the game against Tulsa, that was, what, week 19? Um, yep. And the, the lineup, uh, let's go over the lineup real quick. We uh, This also was the lineup for the Oklahoma game, so it looks like we're getting some consistency. We had Andre Rawls and goal. Uh, on the back line, we had uh, Ish Jom, uh, Abdul Guadabaye, Christopher Reeves, and uh, Jordan Burt lining back up there at the... Uh, uh, back wing. Um, in the midfield, we had Matt Hunley, Jordan Schweitzer, Ronnie Argetta, Shane Malcolm. And up top, uh, Saeed Robinson and Austin Dewing, the, the rookie from the Air Force Academy, uh, running in this 4-4-2 we've been running in since uh, uh, the first quarter of the season after our first losing streak. Um, so, Tulsa. Yeah, that, that game happened. It was... Uh, I, 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 <laughs> that game happened. It did. It, you know, I, I, I watched it live on my phone, and, and I got to be honest, I really wasn't feeling it. Um, not because of anything the switchbacks did, but because it's also uh, all, uh, all, all elite wrestling. You know, I'm a wrestling fan. Um, ah. So it was it was kind of a, it was your cool. attentions were divided, shall we yeah, say? Yes. Yes. My attentions were divided. Um, and uh, let's just say from what I saw, it was a pretty, it looked like a game between the t- two of the worst teams in the Western Conference, uh, with one of them scoring a goal in, early in the second half. And, um, yeah, that was about it. I mean, am I, am I wrong in my assessment? <laughs> um, I, I thought it was a little bit better than that, but maybe okay. I'm, I'm looking through uh, a little, little bit of rose-tinted glasses, um, trying to look for changes since uh since Woldy harris took over mm-hmm. um and i thought that the the attitude of uh of the players seemed to be um better and i think they their mentality late into the game seemed to be better it wasn't it wasn't a case of score one and park the bus it it really looked like they were looking for a second um which 
to me is always positive. Uh, obviously, it can be really stressful because you leave yourself open to, to breakaways, which in the next game, we had quite a few that uh, were saved only by the uh, by the stout uh, Andre Rawls. Yeah. Um, but I did I did think that uh, that we had a more positive uh, outlook than we had recently against yeah. against uh, Tulsa. Uh, it wasn't anything spectacular, obviously. Um, and uh, a couple of things to note is, is that um, the switchbacks had more shots that game. Um, in fact, a lot of the offensive stats were, were sort of dominated by, uh, by the switchbacks. Um, and uh, the yellow cards were dominated by Tulsa. So, you know, normal Oklahoma stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, for, uh, for those keeping track at home, the, the long goal came from a uh, Ishjom set piece crossed into the box and uh, a, a deftly headed uh, goal by Shane Malcolm in the 61st minute, um, which we've been... We've had those chances all season long, and it seemed like uh, under the uh, un, uh, previously the set pieces have always been our bread and butter. Um, a lot of our goals came from from set pieces, and it seems like that's kind of been what we've been missing this season. Um, so it was good to see that, and, and I do agree with you. After we scored that goal, I was waiting for the uh, you know pack ten into the def- defensive third and just pray and hold on. Uh, by our fingernails, but we seemed to, while we went a little bit more defensive, we didn't exactly abandon any attack. So uh, I did like that that attitude uh, overall. Um, but yeah, the statistic. I mean, the the possession was you know 51 to to uh, around rounding rounding up and down 51 to 49 uh, Tulsa. So it was fairly even. Um, you know, shots we always seem to dominate in. Uh, you know, one kind of I, we're kind of jumping ahead of what I wanted to to mention, but I, I was going over the season stats uh, for the league, uh, looking for um, you know where we rank and stuff, and I was quite surprised to see that uh, team-wise in shots, we are we are seventh in in the entire USL in shots taken. Um, so that doesn't surprise me that we beat them. The bad news is in conversion rate, um, <laughs> we are dead last. So, um, yeah, there, there's a little bit of good and a little bit of bad. Uh, well, hey, let me allow me to lob a cliche in there. You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. True. Um, and I think that that might be the attitude that early in the season, it, you know, it's just if you're open, shoot. If you have an opportunity, put a ball on net. You never know what might happen. Yeah, um, and, and and another good thing I was I was looking at that is is you know we we are taking a lot of shots, but when I I looked at individual statistics, we don't have anyone in the top fifty in shots taken. Um, so it's it's fairly spread throughout the team. Exactly, it's everyone is taking shots. It's not just. We have a lone striker who is just lobbing it to goal every time he touches the ball. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, so Tulsa, we win one nothing. Yay! Uh, any win against Tulsa is a good win. Um, you know the teams from Oklahoma always seem to to be our uh, 
interesting to say the the least um and in a rare scheduling quirk we actually played both both oklahoma teams back to back at home uh, and then came the oklahoma city energy who was a little bit uh higher than tulsa is and a little bit better they're they're fighting for a realistic shot at the playoffs um and, and our lineup again was was identical to the lineup that took us into uh, uh tulsa um so that game, that was a little bit different, I thought. There was a lot of back and forth to that. Um, I think the first half we had most of the possession. Um, Absolutely. We had, we had a, a pretty, dominant, um, pretty dominant possession numbers going into the first half. Um, and I, I think uh, watching the broadcast that it was mentioned by, by our uh, wonderful Roland Vargish and, and, uh, and company that uh, – the only reason that the ending possession numbers came out in favor of, of Oklahoma is once we went up, they were uh, scrambling to try to get something going against us, and they were just constantly on the ball. Yeah. Um, it, it was heavily in our favor during the first half. Yeah. Uh, in fact, into the game, um, we almost doubled them up on shots, uh, 21 to 12. Um, you know, facing... Uh, Cody Lorendi, one of the league's best goalkeepers, uh, the goalkeeper for the Puerto Rican national team. Uh, the Nick, original pony beard. The pony beard from his days in Austin. Uh, he's since gone with a less um, Dothraki look, shall we say. <laughs> um, but uh, he, he, personally speaking, he's one of my favorite keepers in the league. Uh, um and he also leads. How the dare you? Yeah. Well, you know, I got some favorites. I got some guys out there. You know, uh, he leads the league in saves, which isn't always the best thing, but um, you know, you, you, saves aren't goals given up. So it's kind of like the opposite of you. Uh, you 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 don't you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. You uh, you save a hundred percent of the shots you don't allow. So. <laughs> um, Oh dear. Yeah. So it was uh, it was a good game, and, and our side, Andre Rawls, and I got to say, you know me. I mean, I care about the keepers more than anything else. Goals, meh. Um, <laughs> every time I see like the the goal of the week, I'm like, oh man, keeper should have had that. Um, <laughs> but this, I got to say, this was the first game that I thought Andre Rawls really, um, really dominated, showed himself was a factor in the game. Um, he was the factor in that game. He, yeah, he was. You know, the the I've heard rumblings. You know, uh, people talking about, well, you know, he's good, but he's not that good. He's not great. Um, I think as Switchbacks fans, we kind of gotten used to goalkeepers that have been a little bit more on the athletic side and uh, a little more risk taking. Um, you know, you look back to the days of you know Davila and you know Pawati and and Seus, who who made their bread and butter not on uh, sticking sticking in the box and uh, uh, working the angles, but really making adventurous uh, expeditions out, out to the box and and uh, making dramatic, you know, uh, uh, saves when they shouldn't be. Whereas Andre Rawls is more of a, you know, work the angles, stay in position, uh, depend on the defense putting the t- – putting the, uh, the 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 people on off the the shooters the the offenders uh putting them in bad angles and, and not in position to make the goals um but i gotta say if it wasn't for him i think we wouldn't have came away 
with a win. Um, I'm looking for, for the uh, saves percentage or saves stats, and I'm not finding them off the top of my head. But uh, there were several times that it was just, uh, yeah, yay, Andre Rawls. That's all I got to say. Um, thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it, it was, um, like I said before, uh, there were um, there were a number of, breakaway opportunities Mm -hmm. that we gave up because of the fact that we were uh, maintaining some attacking energy. Um, And there were, there were some breakaways that uh, my, my switchback fan mind was just like, Oh, here it is. Here's where we throw it. (laughs) And, And Rawls just comes out of nowhere with just, saving things he had no business saving if you ask me yeah like, it's yeah, just it, unreal it, it was funny because we we uh ish Jome, once again uh early in the second half uh put in a a beautiful right-footed shot um that just kind of stunned everyone seeing as he's left-footed um you know he cut into the uh, into the box on his right foot and i think everyone including cody lorende thought oh well this is gonna this is going to sail wide and uh, to the shock of just about everyone, but Ish Jome, it did not. It went uh, definitely into the net. So um, we went up early in the second half again, uh, one to nothing. Um, at that point, I looked at my wife here at home and I said, 15 minutes from now, they're going to, they're going to tie it up. Just watch. <laughs> and I had almost 15 minutes uh, later, there was a one-on-one where, I thought, oh crap, here it is, and uh, Andre Rawls did did whatever keeper's supposed to do, make themselves big, uh, going one on one, and um, you know, not a a spectacular diving save, but he made himself big enough that the only choice was to just kick it right at him and hope it he missed it, and uh, and he made the save, and I think that was the point I looked at my wife and I thought we're, we're we might win this game. Yeah, you know. So, um, well, let's let's not forget. Um, speaking of of goals that might have been, uh, that both teams had a goal called back for offside. Mm-hmm. Uh, one one that was called back uh, immediately for the switchbacks and for poor Austin doing. The guy yeah. should have had about twelve goals that game. Um, and then the the uh, goal, I believe it was Deshaun Brown. Um, that they actually they originally awarded, and then the referee actually and I my mind is blown that a PRO referee is capable of doing this, but he went over and talked to his linesman, and came to the decision that it was indeed offside. Um, so which was the correct decision? Which was the correct decision? Um, and I looking at that you know we absolutely did throw it <laughs> at one point yeah we just we were saved by the rules of the game yeah well and, and the and the, and the first offside um i've i've watched it several times on replay and i think it was pretty close i i think it was close enough to not exactly be something that we got to gripe about um just unlucky on on uh on, on dewey's part and, and perhaps a little over eagerness uh, to get that first goal, which he is so deserving of. Um, he he's been been very dominant since he's come come uh, on, on the roster. Um, but yeah, that that 
the Oklahoma City goal that was called back, basically what had happened is there was a shot. Um, there was a turnover and, and, a, and a shot from way downtown um, that ended up deflecting off of someone in the wall. And um, the the Oklahoma City guy was a good five, ten yards offside, um, kind of <laughs> basically just standing like, oh, here's the ball, turn around, score a goal. And I was with you. I was like, this, this, this is going this is not gonna get called back. The ref, the, the linesman just totally screwed up. And when they went over and talked, and 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 I actually saw the linesman shrug and put his hands out like I didn't see. I don't know. Um, it was like that. That's oh. not not the confidence I, I exactly have. And and I gotta say, I was I was stunned that. Um, the referee went ahead and called offsides because uh, it was everyone in that stadium, in, except with the exception of the one guy who's responsible for making the call, saw that it was offsides. So, well, and it, and it, the deflection that it took, it might have been from a switchbacks player, but if it wasn't an intentional pass back toward the keeper, it's still offside, offside still in play. Exactly. The only way that offside is is is. Uh, called uh, off is if it was an intentional pass backwards yes. and it most certainly wasn't. It was, it was, uh, it was pinball. It, yeah. it was shot in the box. It probably hit two or three people's ankles and changed direction a couple times and then fell into the lap of, of the attacking OKC player. Yep. Um, and there's absolutely no way that you could have possibly called that offside yep. or possibly called that onside. Um, and, I'm just I'm very pleased that the that the center referee actually uh, took the time to go over it and and make the correct decision. Yeah. And I imagine the discussion was he was offside. Why did you call it? I don't know. Well, he was offside. It was quite obvious. What did you see? Well, I, 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 I don't know. <laughs> so I would hope that it would be that the discussion would have been uh, that looked offside. Who did it come off of? Yeah, I don't know. It was too fast, uh, that kind of thing. But I, I mean, when in doubt in that situation, it, there clearly was no pass backwards. Um, and, yeah. and, I, and 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 offside. It's it's not just when the ball is deflected. It's 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 the the play itself, which starts at the shot that was taken. The deflection is a continuation of that shot. Um, yep. If, if someone had, had stopped and controlled it, uh, and he had came back into an onside position, that had been one thing. But, um, yeah, that, that it was, it was in the end, it was adjudicated correctly, which is something that we, I, I'm not sure I've ever really said about a USL referee. Um, but <laughs> you know, I mean, that uh, is for sure. A, a broken clock is right twice a day. So, um, so there you go, one to nothing. The the other thing that uh, that happened during the game is, uh, n- not n- to take away you know the the officials' great call, um, some some really questionable yellow cards. We had we came away with yeah four total yellow cards, um, including two on on Abdul Guadabaye. Uh, the first one in the 25th minute, which I thought was really questionable. Incredibly soft. Yeah. Um, I, I, I feel bad for the guy because there's, in my, in my mind, 
there there was no first yellow. Mm-hmm. Uh, it should have been an unfortunate second or a, an unfortunate yellow in the eighty third, and that was it. Yeah. Um, and I it I feel like that's one that I, I don't know if you can appeal a second yellow uh, with the with the disciplinary. Uh, committee or, or what have you yeah but that's that's one that i would be ap- appealing if possible because i that the first yellow was so soft yeah it was so soft it couldn't it, it wasn't even far enough into the game for it to have been a persistent infringement kind of thing like there was it was questionable yeah um very questionable and, and i think it might also have been a case of the referee knows that that these two teams when they play it's always physical it's always chippy um and that may have been his way of trying to put it into that uh, uh to send a message that he wasn't going to tolerate a lot and unfortunately it was you know our center back who who took the brunt of that early on um and that came back to haunt us in the 83rd minute when he picked up his second yellow and was sent off, um, putting us down down a man. And um, again, down a man, up a goal. Uh, I, I thought our defense really held up. Uh, with you know, Andre Rawls made some great saves, and and honestly, I think we did. May have, we had probably almost equal or more possession after we went down 10 men uh, than, than before there in the second half. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I think we, we uh, responded well to the adversity and uh, came away with a well-deserved um, three points. Um, to, to your point about the appeal, I, I don't know if you can appeal a second yellow. I, From what I remember, just about anything can be appealed with the disciplinary committee. Um but if if they did appeal it, it didn't come come out. The discipline report came out uh, late yesterday, and he will be uh, Guadabaye will be unavailable for our match this coming weekend, um, which is really unfortunate. Really he's, unfortunate. He's a a strong center back, and we're going up against one of the uh, one of the top teams in the conference. Yes. Um, yeah, it's it's going to be a rough one without him. I. I'm assuming that that Rabin will probably take his place. Well, um, um, J- and Jamal Jack is supposed to be coming back soon. Um, he, he's soon TM. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> he, he he mentioned that his uh, that you know that he was working through it uh, when he was on um, Ryan Kaufman's show uh, on on was it 1380? I, I hate. Whatever Ryan Kaufman's <laughs> sports sorry, drive show. If <laughs> believe me, if you uh, if you watch a Switchbacks game, it's one of the drinking games we have. If you watch the home broadcast, is whenever Ryan Kaufman says, "I had him on my radio show," you take a drink. <laughs> but uh, Jamal Jack was on the. Actually, it wasn't on the radio show. It was on the uh, on the Switchbacks. Um, weekly show that used to be the coaches show uh over at uh aubrey's pub i believe it is um god i'm horrible i apologize to the front office i know you do a lot of work um, uh, work promoting and i'm totally just you know forgetting everything that you do but the weekly player show that ryan kaufman hosts at at, uh, at at a bar 
um, had Jamal Jack on it, and and he had made illusions that his his return was imminent, and I was really looking forward to seeing a a pair of uh, Guadabaye and Jamal Jack uh, in center backs together. I think that would be probably one of the strongest uh, center back combos we've had since uh, Ibiaga and Josh Phillips. Um, yeah, absolutely. But uh, won't happen this week. Um, I, I imagine we if if we don't see him. We'll probably see uh, um, Rabin and um, perhaps uh, I can't think of his name. Is not Yarrow the the other uh, Ghanaian? Dansu. Dansu. Yeah, yeah. I can't. I forget. I get them confused. I forget which one is the uh, striker and which one is the defender. I believe Yarrow is the defender. Donsu is the. That's that's what I thought, but I don't have it up in front of me, so I. I, <laughs> I yeah, Don uh, Quasi Donsu is a forward. We we uh, are we are big switchback fans. Yeah, we're big we are bad at big, this. big switchback fans and follow them closely, and we <laughs> we know players are on the team and they have names. <laughs> Um, in, in our defense, uh, neither of those two have featured uh, a tremendous amount. Yarrow, Yarrow was in the starting lineup uh, for a while there when um, Jordan Burt was being sort of uh, moved around to different positions throughout the midfield and forward. Um, Yarrow was, was in there at right back, I believe. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's a, it's a possibility that perhaps Jordan Burt would move to center back and Yarrow would come in at right back. I think the most likely is that uh, Sam Rabin will just uh, be a like-for-like like, uh, switch and and keep uh, Jordan Burt in his current position because he's I, – I think it's his best spot on the pitch. Uh, and I think him being in his preferred position has has led to a lot more stability than, than we're used to seeing. Yeah. Um, and stability is good. Yeah. Uh, uh, there, there's been, you know, anytime we get in a winning streak, there's the exciting. Ooh, we, there's, is there a chance we're going to be make the playoffs? This is we can do this, you know. <laughs> um, and and I, let's, let, I mean, I don't want to be the one that douses the uh, fire, but let's take a realistic look at this here. I'm looking at standings, and right now we are 16th, so we've actually climbed up the ladder out of the bottom two rungs. Um, to make the playoffs, you need to be in the top 10. Um, the 9 and 10th team play an extra game, a play-in game, uh, to face the number one seed. Uh, currently, we are sitting at 16th uh, with um, at 20 points. Uh, 10th and 11th are currently, well, 10th, 11th, and 12th. Orange County, Oklahoma City, and LA Galaxy are all sitting Oh, well, there's a big chunk. I mean, the more I'm looking at it, I'm like, holy crap. Uh, 9, 10, 11, 12 are all sitting at uh, 26 points. Sacramento, Orange County, Oklahoma City, and LA Galaxy. So there's there's a group fighting for that those final two spots. Um, we may be t- just two wins behind them, but... Um, we're also 15 goals allowed behind them. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and not only that... We are, we have 12 losses, which is the most losses in the Western Conference. Um, that's going to be hard to overcome. Uh, the only uh, Tacoma has 12 losses, as well. Um, 
and the only only team in the league worse than us uh, is Hartford Athletic over in the Eastern Conference, and they are they are bad too. Um, <laughs> they're real. Bad. They're real bad. And, and the, the problem that we really have here is our inability to walk away to to, to steal points on the road. Um, our road record is, I believe, one, one, six and two. The one win was the first win of the season against LA, LA and LA, and the two points that we stole was the Phoenix game and the Portland game. The Phoenix game, I could say we really stole two points because that should have been a loss had it not been for the uh, incredible rookie debut of of Abe Rodriguez and. Um, that goal at the end by Ishjome. The the Portland game, we should have walked away with three points. We had the lead. Uh, I don't think people remember that. That was the goal where Jordan Schweitzer had just that that thunder bastard of a shot that that, that could have killed someone if it if if it hit him. Um, so our our away record is is really bad. Um, our home record isn't much better. Um, we have five wins, six losses. Um, so in all in the in the eleven games played out of the seventeen, um, we've lo- we've lost a tremendous. It's when I saw these stats, it really made me sad because I I remember Fortress Sand Creek, you know, and the fact that people when you came when people came here, they were going they were not going to win, and it was just our place, and uh, it may not have been rocking and rolling every night. But rarely did we go home disappointed, um, and that's just not the case. We were know. always at the, at the very least entertained. Yeah, and, and looking at those five wins, something stood out to me. One is the obvious stat is is in those five wins we haven't given up any goals. Um, so I mean that's good. Your odds of winning a game are are increased greatly when you don't give up any goals. <laughs> Thank uh, you, John Madden. The team <laughs> with the most points at the end of the game will win the football game. Um, uh, <laughs> un- unfortunately, we there, we've only had one game where we've scored more than one goal at home, and that was the three nothing win uh, against Tacoma. The rest of our wins were all one to nothing wins, and. Um, we're just not scoring goals at home. There are losses at home. We've we've either been shut out or gave up, uh, or, or only scored one goal. Uh, so we need to get we we need to score more goals, twin games. Um, that's a major major problem, and uh, I think Austin Dewey coming in has been a a, a tremendous um, lift. Uh, I, I've kind of been expecting more from Tucker Bowen. He hasn't really got into the starting lineup yet. Uh, Tucker Bowen, the, the number one pick in this last draft for the Seattle Sounders, uh, same uh, signed on the same day that uh, Austin Dewey did, has. He, he hasn't really seemed to. He's come in and had sparks, but he hasn't been able to break the the lineup yet. And that just may be. He's a young guy that that um, you know. Uh, uh, Woldy Harris doesn't doesn't feel quite comfortable yet putting him in the lineup, or he hasn't really won won a spot. Um, Austin Dewey, I think, has been been tremendous. I don't know. What do you think? 
doing, uh, like I said, when we were discussing the, the game against energy, um, it, it is by just sheer dumb, bad luck that he did not open his account during that game. Yeah. Um, he had so many opportunities where just, a you know, a fraction of an inch, uh, could have meant his, his goal. Um, the offside goal called back, uh, I think that his energy and his tenacity, uh, just w- seeing him all over the pitch, he uh, it actually it reminds me a little bit of Luke Vercoloni only yes. as a forward. Yes. Um, he he's just all over the place. He doesn't quit. Uh, they subbed him out in the 87th minute, and he looked disappointed that he didn't get the full 90. Yeah. Um, and. That was only to to get Sam Rabin on to try to help us secure the win a man down. Yeah, um, he's uh, he's an engine. Um, he's he's got a ton of tenacity. I think that he is a a very positive influence to have on that uh, on that squad. And I think it it sort of um, seeing that enthusiasm for the game has sort of lifted the the more veteran guys around him too to to want to keep up with him, you know? Well, and, and there's, he's, he's, he's a local kid, went to air Academy high school, uh, went to the air force Academy. Um, so he's been here all, he's been in the Springs all his life. And, and they, they, they may made mention that, you know, he, uh, you know, in high school attended switchbacks games. So I think he might be the first player that we've had that, that not now he don't want to say growing up we've only been around for five years but has been a fan of the team before he played for the team and i think it shows that there's some there, there's almost a bit of pride and enthusiasm beyond the I, i'm trying to further my career or i'm trying to to keep a hold of my career that you see from a lot of other players uh who are either loaned down or uh loaned down to get playing time or trying to 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 prove a point to someone in the usl uh to get into into a better uh position so i i think i'd really like to see it wouldn't surprise me if to see him uh, if he sticks around for a couple seasons become the face of the franchise i could i could see that because oh for sure because he like he is he he is colorado springs and um you know, growing up in Colorado, you don't the the whole you don't have to recondition yourself to play in, in altitude uh, like some some guys do when they first come to the beginning of the season. Um, so I I would love to see him be, being uh, him and, and Tucker Bone. I mean uh, Tucker Bone while while he didn't exactly grow up in the area, uh, you know was a, a star at the Air Force Academy, um, lots of potential uh, and. And local guys, and I think one of the things the team has has failed to do that really has bugged me is really seem to promote the local connections that a lot of these players have, uh, not only just to Colorado but to the Springs area. Um, you know, players going to, to colleges. You know, players players play at DU. Um, you know, it, 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 it I won't say infuriated me, but drove me nuts that so little was. It, it was more mentioned about Marty Maven being from from uh belfast being from ireland you know him being irish then it was the fact that he went to college up in denver at regis so uh, to me that would be more important 
thing to point out than his his nationality. Um, and, and I think in Austin Dewey, I think we have the perfect, the first homegrown, maybe not homegrown in the traditional sense that he came up through a switchback system, but homegrown as in, you know, he's he's been in the stands rooting for the team. And I think that's, that's something that uh, we all need to get behind. And uh, the team really, really, really needs to, to pimp that out. Absolutely. Uh, and and the the other thing that uh, that might not be mentioned here is the thinking of the fact that he's a, he's also a a natural leader. He he came from the Air Force Academy. Um, he's going to be an officer in in the U.S. Air Force. Uh, he he has leadership potential as well. He may be a younger guy than a lot of these a lot of the guys around him on this team. But, you know, he's he is that's what he's been conditioned to be, um, which I think will uh, as long as we can keep him here uh, for an extended period of time, I think is something that will develop. Yeah. And, and I'm not 100 percent sure, but I do believe the rules have been altered to allow um, service academy athletes greater um, autonomy when it comes to playing for playing professional sports. Um you know, I don't think we really need to worry about him being restationed to like Germany or anything. Um, I'm not even to be honest, and this I haven't really occurred to me whether or not him or Tucker Bone are still active duty or if they've. Uh, I, I I know you go to the academies, you got uh, you know you've got a commitment uh, for quite a while. So I'm not sure if how exactly that works, but I do know that the uh, the 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 Trump administration did make some rules, rule changes about allowing player athletes at the at the military academies, service academies, uh, greater freedom in in playing sports, whether or not that be you know classified as a public relations officer or something like that. But I, I imagine the switchbacks wouldn't have made a point to bring in the hammer bone if they knew that there was a real chance that we would lose him. Um, lose either of them uh, to to their their service. I think the the greater the greater worry would probably be losing them to an MLS team. Um, you know, I do believe Seattle owns the rights to to, to Bone since they did draft him, uh, and I don't think he, he's on loan to us with Seattle. I don't think he ever signed a contract with Seattle. But um, so yeah, I, I I I'm with you on that. I, I when they graduate, and forgive me, I'm not a military guy, but don't they graduate with the rank of of lieutenant when they graduate the academy? Uh, I'm I'm not a hundred percent certain with Air Force. I'm more familiar with Army. Uh, with Army, you would you would be coming out as a lieutenant, uh, either first or second lieutenant. I'm not sure about. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure about the academy, the Air Force I, Academy. I believe Roland referred to him as lieutenant. So uh, if that's wrong, please forgive me. I mean, no disrespect to any any uh, military folk out there, any veterans. Uh, just not exactly my uh, area of fortis. You know, I, I I know I know on the Enterprise there was, there was Captain <laughs> Captain Picard and you know Commander Riker, Lieutenant Worf. That's about the extent of my knowledge. <laughs> when it comes to ranks so um so yeah uh if if anyone in the fo happens to be listening to this uh start start uh, selling the the austin dewey jerseys and and making him the face of the franchise because uh we got something special there um 
the other the other bit of uh, of upcoming news uh, concerns is that uh, up at the mothership at the Rapids, uh, their game against uh, I believe NYCFC, uh, Tim Howard suffered a, a upper calf strain and left the game early, uh, being subbed in for Clint Howard. I know my my concern all season with our goalkeeper situation is is that we're going to lose Andre Rawls, and and have uh, Abe Rodriguez as starting and Stuart Seyus, uh and most of our our hopes was based upon the health of Tim Howard. Um, so it would figure, of course, that Tim Howard will get injured during Andre Rawls' best game as a switchback. Um, <laughs> I did say that during the game. <laughs> in in uh, Looking at at the at the Rapids injury report they released yesterday for their upcoming game against San Jose, uh, Tim Howard is not in that injury report. Um, you know they've got Courtney Ford listed as out, uh, Declan Wynn out, Kay Camara listed as questionable, and no Tim Howard on the report. So that leads me to believe that that Howard is is probably good to go. Um, and I don't think we have to worry too soon about losing Andre Rawls. But um, the the the, po- the possibility is always there. Yeah, it's 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 out there. So um, just wanted to throw that out. I was I was trying to find any information at all on on an update to his. I can't find an in, update to his injury um, except the fact that he's not on their their uh, injury report that they they put out yesterday. So. Good news so far. I don't think they, you know, I, I imagine if Tim Howard was out for the season, that that would be all over the news. So, um, looks like we're going to at least be able to keep Andre Rawls around for another week. Um, so there we go. Aside from that, that's it's been a, it's been a good couple weeks for for the switchbacks. The uh, the playoffs first, first back-to-back wins since the beginning of June. Yeah. Yep. Um, and uh, you know the playoffs. Uh, it's it's let's let's not. I mean, if people want to talk about the playoffs, that that's fine. I mean, I can talk about winning the lottery as well. Um, <laughs> you know, there there's. I I, th- I think reasonably, a team is gonna have to get between 48 and 50 points to compete for that final tenth spot. Um, I think we've got to be in the area of 45 or 46 to even have uh, be able to sniff it, um, and that's 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 uh, yeah that's a good 20 30 points ahead of where we are. Uh, you know, 30 points greater than what we are would be 10 wins, and that would be we would have to finish the season literally. Uh, with, four, with 14 games to go, we would have to to to, to go on a Phoenix-like uh, streak, um, which I'm not sure anything can happen. You know, uh, you know, talking about Phoenix, they look like a decent team to start the season, and they have turned into an absolute beast, um, winning nine straight, I believe it is. Um, Twelve something something disgusting. Like yeah, it, uh, you know, 12, 12 wins during their dollar beer nights. Um, you know, and you look at teams like New Mexico United, who started off the season, uh, just absolutely insane, uh, didn't, didn't, uh, lose their first game until June, uh, and then decided to go and then went on the open cup run and have kind of gone in the tank 
since then their their last their their current form is uh you know one one win three losses and one draw and that one win came last night uh in a in a just absolutely thriller in sacramento i don't know if anyone had a chance to catch that but uh they scored in the uh, they were tied up one to one at Sacramento, and they scored a goal in the 89th minute. It was uh, uh, New Mexico old, so they may be coming back to form after they've they've exited out of their 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 Open Cup run. Um, Reno is who we play this Saturday. Is is was on a run of their own. They lost last night to Orange County uh, four to one, I believe, and um, you know they they'll be coming off a mid midweek. Uh, loss, so they may be a little bit tired, but uh, you know, it, it's. Uh, do we play Reno or Fresno? We're up against Reno next. Reno, okay. I always get those two confused for some reason. Uh, but Fresno, you know, they're coming off five straight wins. Um, you know, there, there's teams uh, in in our conference that are doing really good that we are still yet to play. Uh, Real Monarch, they're they're currently on a on a four win, zero loss, one draw uh, form. Uh, we have to go play them uh, week after next. Um, so it's we definitely have the work cut out for us. Um, the good folks over at da, 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 at 5:38 um, who do all sorts of sports predictions, uh, statistical models, predictions for. Every league you can imagine, every sport you can imagine, uh, politics, whatever—basically a bunch of stat nerds. Um, they ha- they have us projected finishing th- uh, third in the uh, Western Conference with 32 points and uh, wow, less a one percent chance of making the playoffs, which is actually worse than it was after the game on Saturday when we were at two percent. So since the games last night, we've actually have less of a chance, according to them. Um, so if we could do it, it would be historic. Um, it would be awesome. It would be a great, great thing to happen. But let's not. Um, if I was a betting man, I would I would keep my money in my pocket for now. Um, I don't know. What do you <laughs> What do you think? Do we Do we have a realistic shot? Um, I I. I don't want to come across as negative, um, but I, we would have to go on a heck of a run to, to make any attempt. It looks, it looks just so close. You know, we're only, we're only three points off of ninth place. Um, but our goal differential is, is just downright terrible. We could, we could win the next couple of games and still be outside of the playoffs uh, just by virtue of other teams staying level with us. Yeah. Um, we would, we would also have to not just put on a win streak, but we would have to put together wins uh, with multiple goals. We, we have to start making up goal differential because that is an important tiebreaker. Uh, well, and, and the first tie, the first tiebreaker is wins and we are the good news is that we are at six wins which is basically matches everyone in front of us up to the 10th spot so um yeah we uh, to me we would just have to basically become a new team than what, what was happening in the first uh two-thirds of the season we would have to just become 
uh, it, it is possible. You know, we've got we've got a new fate. We got Wally Harris, while not exactly brand new to the team. He he's a a different voice and a different energy that he may bring. Um, I don't know. I, I I I like you. I hate to be negative, but I, I've got to be realistic. And uh, it would be a major major uh, undertaking to get to that that tenth spot. Um, is it possible? Sure, it's absolutely possible. Uh, stranger things have happened, but is it realistic? Well, uh, uh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Ask me in two weeks when we come back home after a two-game road trip, and with uh, at least at least four points. Um, then maybe you know I might start becoming a true true believer that we could do this. Um, but we've, we we've got to start picking up points on the road, and we've got to nail down. Uh, our field on Widener. We we got we got to stop allowing teams to come in and steal points from us. Absolutely. So, uh, boy, is there anything else um, we need to go over? I mean, there's there's been a lot going on at Switchback Land. There was, uh, you know, a handful of Switchbacks were called up to uh, play against Arsenal with the Rapids. That was that was a nice. Uh, last second sort of deal uh, kind of bummed bum me out because like, like you and I were talking, if we known that, we would have gone up to the game and uh, just to follow that story. Um, Absolutely. But uh, I believe Schweitzer got to play the final 45 minutes. Um, the Rapids did lose uh, three to nothing to Arsenal. Um, definitely put in a better showing than when we played Mines a couple of years ago, which I think <laughs> I, I think we lost six to nothing. Um, but uh, you know there was that 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 was a little little exciting to see a lot of our guys uh, who aren't on loan um, go up there and get some playing time against uh, uh, one of the more historic teams in international football. Uh, there's been been a little more solid information coming about about, about the new downtown stadium. Uh, there's been uh, there was a public meeting about it. Um, dates were more hammered out. It looks like 2021 is going to be the opening of the the opening of the stadium. So we got at least one more year at uh, Sand Creek Stadium, aka Switchback Stadium, aka Widener Field. Um, yeah, so we said uh, the mayor said they're looking to break ground in December uh, potentially. So yeah, the 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 official uh, everything I saw w- was 2021 is when when they expect. There, who knows? Uh, you know, this may go under budget and quicker than than expected. <laughs> but um, <laughs> we we may see a game or two there in the uh, the end of next season. I I. I think we have a better chance of making the playoffs this season than we do of having any games in 2020 there. But um, I don't know. Parking is a concern. It doesn't look like they're really adding any new parking structures or space to it. And they're relying on this. Uh, well, within a 10 minute walking distance, there's enough parking spaces available to handle uh, to which I, I, I'm going to call bullshit on them. Um, anyone who's gone to any downtown event knows that 
you know, if you've gone to a parade, if you've gone to an event at the Pikes Peak Center, if you've gone down Saturday night just to have a drink, um, parking is a problem for downtown. And unless they plan on having some sort of economical and reliable shuttle systems, you know, if they if they set up park and ride locations uh, throughout the city with shuttles going back and forth, um, I am I am very much unimpressed with the the parking situation. Um, and I know I'm not alone. Yeah, and I and I think that that is yeah, like I, that's what I was going to say. I think that's the a common uh, concern. And I mean, looking at other other businesses in the area that are forced into that sort of thing, like the Cheyenne Mountain Zoo, for example, pretty much yeah. every weekend during the summer uh, has to rely on parking uh, at like local high schools and stuff like that, and then using their shuttle service to get there. So it it's a model that can work. It's just a matter of whether the right deals can be made, the right places, etc. Yeah. And and while it's gotten better over the the 15 years I've lived here, the the local public transportation system in this city is is not very robust, and I don't think not designed to handle in its current form uh, the input of 6,000 people downtown uh, once a uh, once a week. I just don't think that, especially on a weekend, I don't think it's it's capable of it right now. Um, I, I, if I have to rely on the bus, I, I can take a bus up to the up up to Barnes and uh, Tuft, and be able to to uh, say if I'm on my wheelchair, I can make it to the stadium. But there's no return bus from there, so I can yeah. get to, I can get to the games, um, and I guess I'm just gonna. I bring a tent and you know <laughs> camp out until the next morning, and and I could see that being a problem to downtown. So there there there's going to have to be some sort of public transit option if they don't intend on building uh, more parking lots. Um, the location to to the to the Drake power plant is is a problem. I know. Uh, Nick Reagan, the president, didn't didn't address it directly, uh, but when questioned about it, said there's no real change in the decommissioning project. Um, when I talked to him and, and checked the records, uh, you know there there was the EPA reports on surrounding areas. Uh, if anyone doesn't know, the Drake power power plant is a coal power plant that is literally two blocks to the west of. Um, where the where the stadium's going to be uh anyone who lives in Colorado springs knows every winter that there's this artificial cloud that's that's built uh south of downtown and that's our that's the power plant uh and it's the plan has been to, to decommission it by uh last i check i think it was like 2030 is when they plan to have it fully decommissioned um i know they shut down a couple of the the um I want to say reactors, but that's nuclear power. A couple boilers. of boilers, yeah, whatever, whatever the terminology is. But I know there's there's EPA concerns, and you know the usual, uh, you know, tree hugger hippies like me concern about soil quality and and stuff like that. Um, right now, the EPA says it's safe. Um, I know every time I've talked to to Nick or James Reagan, the president and the the general manager of, of or not the general manager but the uh the, the two brothers who basically run the franchise they, they've 
haven't been exactly defensive, but you know it's a topic they don't like to discuss. Um, but and I think it's also telling that every uh, <laughs> every rendering that we've had of the state the new stadium, uh, while it shows the stadium, you know, looks really good. You know, they've got these condo systems on the south side. Um, they they always have it facing away from Pikes Peak, <laughs> um, which Pikes Peak is is to me the the kind of like the focal point, the soul of of Colorado Springs. And you know the first rendering was facing southwards towards Cheyenne Mountain, and the second rendering was facing southeast towards Kansas. So um, <laughs> I I know that that they're they're aware that the the, the smokestacks of the Drake Power Station aren't exactly a great optic to have. Um, and Drake basically sits between the stadium and Pikes Peak. So that's problematic, uh, not just you know for the fact that we're next to an active power plant that puts out uh, a coal power plant that puts out tons and tons and tons of coal emissions, uh, you know, 500 feet, 500 yards away from the stadium, but, um, it looks awful. It's a horrible visual. Um, so I don't know what that's going to happen with that. Um, but that's my rant that that's my, my, my hippie rant for the day about the Drake. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Your thoughts. (laughs) I, I just, I, uh, from a pure, uh, stadium standpoint it's just an eyesore um and uh it's i don't think it's going to go anywhere anytime soon even once it's decommissioned how long do you really think it's going to take for it to go away you look at the uh all the stuff up by the the old dog track uh on the other end of town and that it's been out of business for years and still just sitting decrepit uh so who knows yeah the, the, I just I just want the stadium to be done. I want uh, I, I, ideally there to be some sort of change in the in the parking plan, and that's about it. Yeah, and, and on the plus side, just north of that, you know, they've been finishing up the City for Champions project, the um, the the muse the the Olympic Museum and the Air Force. Um, the Air Force Military Museum's coming up, and they just, they're absolutely beautiful. Um, they're a great backdrop against the America the Beautiful Park and the little swirl thing they structure that's there. Um, I don't know, I don't know what it's called. But uh, <laughs> it, it, if you look northward to the stadium, it's very, very, uh, it looks great, very beautiful, very futuristic looking. Um, and yeah, Drake's not going away anytime this soon. It's, I mean, we're, we're a generation away from having that tore down and repurposed for something. Uh, even after tearing it down, you know, there's going to have to be soil sit- studies that happen. And, you know, we've a major railway runs right through it. There's, you know, coal, coal deliveries every single day via train. Um, so there's a major train system that runs next to that. Um, so you know there, there's there's a lot going on with with that, and I'm sure while while the team is happy to have gotten downtown and be part of the downtown uh, revitalization effort, I'm I'm sure they're not exactly thrilled about being so close to 
the lone blight on on the downtown city which is the drake power plant um your wife and i drove down to to the uh intersection and there definitely was not work going on to build a new stadium so uh aside from from shutting down the homeless camps that have been around there um so yeah it's uh i'm looking forward to uh pikes peak brewery i don't know if you saw this they uh pikes peak brewery is one of the official sponsors uh i i I absolutely love their their beer and would go to them as much as i could if they didn't currently exist only in monument um which is 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 just north of the city uh they're opening up a second location that is just two blocks away from where its stadium will be uh so that's exciting that that that, that's that's, yeah so hopefully uh the parking commute transit system works out and then uh, uh we can get past the waiting for the stadium to be built and that will no longer be an excuse for not having money to uh, invest in the team and, and build build a championship team and build build a winner um you know so i think that's all i got to say about that until the next data dump they give us um and that's all i have to say about that's that. all i have to say about that the switchbacks were like <laughs> a box of chocolates you never you know truly, what you never you know, never what, know you, what, what you're gonna, gonna get. get yeah um so there we are. Uh, final games against Oklahoma done for the season. Uh, we are split the season series with them. Uh, look, looking forward. Uh, got got to move on. Got to win some games. Um, Coach Woldy Harris is now two and one in his in his reign uh, on the 2019 switchbacks. I believe he. Uh, he did have one game uh, a couple of years ago in Orange County where he was the uh, he had coached uh, and I believe that was a tie, and he did have an Open Cup game where he against Phoenix that he won. But as, as the official interim coach, uh, his record is two wins and one loss and zero draws. So if he keeps at that pace, we may have a chance. Absolutely. So I guess on that note, um, anything to add? Before I, no. I, I, I turn this out? No. All right. Well, I'd like to give a uh, thanks to our sponsors, Golden Gold Press, the best choice for you to get custom shirts, hats, mugs, and other items for just yourself or your organization. You can check out their amazing products at a fraction of the price of other places at goldengoldpress.com. And as always, thanks to Roughneck Scarves, uh, the official scarf supplier of MLS, USL, US Soccer, just about every soccer thing you can imagine here in America. Uh, get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Um, that's about it. I'm Jason. I'm Paul. And we'll see you next week. Bye.